As always, I'm your host, Reese, and I'm joined by Dylan. How's it going, Reese? Pretty good, pretty good. It is our first episode in a little while, and but first for hopefully a few more coming soon, we will be covering the finals game by game, yep. question mark. Probably. Probably? Yeah. Unless something goes wrong. Um, we are locked down in Sydney, but we're locked down together, so we can record. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> All right. Um, but yes, we're here with our conference finals recap and finals preview. Very interesting finals coming ahead, mm. uh, coming up. Uh, but first, we have a little bit of news to cover. Things that didn't quite make it into our episode last week happened a bit afterwards. Not last week, last... When was our last episode? It was two weeks ago, I guess. Uh, that sounds right, but also sounds like a long time ago. Well, both series went six games. Right. So that's minimum 12 days. So I guess it must have been. Mm. Very interesting. Right, okay. Well, news. We have a few coach signings. So Rick Carlo ends up going to the Indiana Pacers, obviously leaving the Mavs... Um, a few weeks ago, great signing for the bases. Huge signing. Um, great head coach to hopefully get them back on track after a bit of a shit season this year. Yeah, I mean, a team that has a lot of talent really yeah. needs a good coach to kind of help them out. Like, I, they were surprisingly bad with yeah. the amount of talent. Like, they have two borderline all-stars. I would say Brogdon's a borderline all-star yep, kind of guy. Um, and then, yeah, they've also got some other really solid role players in there. Yeah, Karis LeVert could also grow into an all-star type of guy, yeah. so yeah, definitely a lot of talent there. TJ Warren was all bubble first team. All bubble first team, yep. <laughs> and unfortunately missed the season due to injury pretty much, I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, awesome signings, but should and should get them back on track. Like, Carlisle's a good coach. You'd hope so. Um, but also, going back to where it first started, was this his first head coaching I believe it gig was his first head, co- head yeah. coaching gig. Yeah, I think he coached there for about four years as a head coach, and he was an assistant there a bit earlier on in his career. Yep. Um, you know, his clashes with Luca make me a little bit scared that he's not going to be the right guy to get this team back on track, but right. we shall see. I don't feel like there's that type of personality on the this Pacers team, though. Then what? I mean, I guess, I guess it was the coach's fault that things kind of fell apart more than it was players clashing with the coach. Right. Like for the Pacers. At least you would hope so. So yeah. something that replacing the coach will actually fix. Yeah. Maybe and maybe a coach they respect a bit more too. Yeah, probably. I wonder if Greg, uh, Greg Foster is still going to be there. Very unlikely. No. Okay. Um, And we got Jason Kidd to the Dallas Mavericks. And who did they hire as the assistant? Was it? Was it? Justin Chandler? No, it was Jason Terry. It was right? Jason Terry. It was yep. one of them. Yeah. One of the <laughs> former players. Yep. Yeah. Getting the band back together. Yeah. Interesting play from the Mavs. I mean, obviously, we kind of expected it when Dirk was brought in as special advisor to find a head coach. I mean, we I think most people expected Kidd to be at least one of the most serious candidates. Right. Um, I guess we're not going to comment on his personal history, I guess, because I don't know enough about it. Neither do I, really, yeah. Yeah. Uh, interesting move, considering the Mavs have had some PR um, and personnel and HR scandals in the past couple of years. Yep. Um, but and it, not the best coach either. I was going to say, even just from a basketball st- <laughs> standpoint, I hate this signing. I don't think Jason Kidd's a very good coach at all. At least a head coach. And he hasn't proven it thus far. Uh, with the Nets and the Bucks, were those his two head coaching teams? I believe yeah. so, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think this is a good signing, but who knows? Maybe he turns a new leaf and maybe he just has a star player that he doesn't have to work that hard to actually get X's and O's going. So. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I like his signing for... 
Luca. Mm. I don't like it for getting Paul Zingas back on track. No, not at all. <laughs> that scares me a little bit. Uh, it's probably Tinga's time to Tinga's timeout time. What am I trying to say? Trade Tinga's. Trade Tinga's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't think anyone would really fight you on that. It, obviously, we're not going to talk about the value you can get. We can maybe do a GM's DMs later on. Yep. Um, in a few weeks' time, um, once we hit the off season, especially, uh, where we'll be dying for content. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, not sure I like it. I like it for Luca though. I think Luca mm. does have a relationship with Jason Kidd, as far as I'm aware. Interesting. And Jason Kidd, you know, he's he was obviously an NBA point guard. He was a playmaker. He was a good rebounder as well. And like that's the kind of guy I think you want to get Luca in with. Right. I'm just I'm just worried about Jason Kidd's actual head coach abilities for the rest of the team. But mm. we'll see. Especially because I doubt Jason Terry is much of an excellent nose guy. Probably guy. also not. <laughs> That basketball sided, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not sh- certain, but I th- I did hear a rumor that Jamal Mosley, the uh, assistant that Luca actually wanted to get promoted to head coach, might be leaving the Mavs because he was basically not selected. He was or, snubbed, or, yeah. yeah. He was snubbed. He like, they basically were just like, all right, Jason Kidd gets the job. You don't even yeah. you're not even a candidate, really. Yeah. Um, um, bad look again. Bit of a bad look for the Mavericks, definitely. Yep. Um, and as far as I'm aware. Oh, sorry, there's two more coach signings. So we have Chauncey Billups, the Blazers. Similar thing in terms of PR and all that sort of stuff, personal history, not going to comment on it. Yeah. But um, I did see Damian Lillard getting quite a bit of backlash for backing Billups, which I don't think is warranted because whatever happened, if it happened, was when Damian Lillard was very young and he just didn't know about it. But yeah. I am hearing, I heard again rumors that backlash might lead to Damian Lillard being a little bit unhappy. I doubt he requests a trade, but, mm. you know, I wouldn't blame him for being unhappy in this situation because he's been in this situation for quite a few years. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's just the cherry on top for him, seeing as he's a bit stagnant with the Blazers the last couple of years anyway, basketball-wise. Mm. Um, yeah, who knows where that goes. But, I mean, I'm excited to see Chauncey get a head coaching position and see what he can do anyway. Yeah. Um, just to be a head coach somewhere. Um, Again, another former guard. Yeah, um, he's also been connected to... I think he was in line potentially for the Clippers head coaching job last year mm. um, until they signed Ty Lue and a bunch of other places, I think, especially uh, even this year when a bunch of coaches got fired, he was around a little bit. So, um, yeah, hopefully he works out for them because if not, it might be blow it up in Blazers' time. Yeah, I still think it is either yeah. way. But um, random question, how many non-guards end up as head coaches? I could think of Kevin years? McHale and yeah. that's kind of... Patrick Ewing's a head coach. Um, not yeah, a lot. Not a lot. Not a lot. Is not that I can think of. I mean, there's a lot of guys who are just like, oh, he was a player? Yeah. Monty Williams is really tall. Is he an NBA player? <laughs> he might have been. Because he's, he's built like a forward. So he's not a guard, but... <laughs> he could have been a tall guard. He could have been a tall guard, true. But um, yeah, apart from that, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it is weird when you see, oh, this guy was a player yeah how do you end up like this yeah <laughs> i think it's just weird seeing coaches as tall as their players like as tall as their bigs that's really interesting to coaches me. as tall as their bigs yeah yeah like um, like, like i think that's why a guard coach is a good guy <laughs> he's yeah. like six one six two yeah but um even greg foster for the pacers <laughs> like he's as tall as um 
Goga or whoever he's going to square up with <laughs> right. early in the season. Even Monty, like uh, all the videos going around of Monty hugging Chris Paul. Yeah, he's Chris Paul's big. like in his shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just <laughs> weird seeing that. Let's find out if Monty Williams was a player. He was, he, surely he was at least a college player. Surely. I mean, a guy been around basketball that long and have to play. Monty Williams stats. Let's stats. see if Basketball Reference tells me anything. Uh. Let's look at Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, former player. There we go. Former player for the Knicks, Spurs, Nuggets, Magic, and the Sixers. Let's go, Monty. He, he retired in 03. Interesting. Interesting. He started coaching not long after that then. 05. Yeah, there you go. As an assistant, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so yeah, former player, nine-year career. Nice. Weird that we didn't know he was a player, considering... Mm. He retired in the 2000s. Like, right. I would get it if it was a guy who retired in, like, the mid-90s, but... Yeah. I mean, even a guy just, like, the media attention he's getting right now surely would have seen some highlights of Monty. Yeah. Just, like, on Baller's Life or something like that. Yeah. Maybe there weren't many. Mm, Nine-year career, not very long mm. for NBA standards, but, hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Nine years and five teams is especially. Yeah, that might be a bit of a giveaway. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and the last coaching signing that I'm aware of, I, there might have been another, I don't know. Mm, it's hard to keep up. There was a lot of vacancies, but um, Ime Udoka uh, becomes the Boston Celtics' new head coach um, from the leaving the Brooklyn Nets as an assistant. Uh, he has some history with some of the Celtic stars as part of Team USA, right. uh, a little bit of work with the Spurs. So I guess no one on the Celtics is related to that, but yeah. I don't know enough about his coaching prowess. So, I, I can't really comment, but it's a coach. It is a coach. First-time head coach. So, hopefully, he does well. Um, talented team to work with. So, yeah. he could he could shine here. Yeah, I mean, I feel like for the Celtics, do you need an excellent nose guy or do you need a player's coach guy? I think... Because you've had your excellent nose guy in Brad Stevens. Yeah, true. I think... I don't know if this team is that talented to be just a player's team. Mm, player's I coach. Mean, they're still young, is the two all NBA ish kind of players. I think they're still a bit young to just let them run wild. Yeah, for now. But I don't know. Maybe they can prove me wrong this season. Maybe they flourish with just getting the ball and doing what they do. Yeah, yeah. All right, and then our last bit of news here before we get to our recaps was uh, Marv Albert, uh, NBA broadcaster for I think fifty-five, fifty-five years. Yeah, uh, retires uh, from TNT. Uh, I will say I've been. My opinion has shifted on TNT a little bit. I'm starting to like it more than I used to. Interesting. And we saw a lot of bad stuff about Rachel Nichols today, which would make me see ESPN a little bit in mm. the darker light. But um, yeah, Marv Albert, great career as a broadcaster. Second best broadcaster of all time. Behind. Mike Breen. Maybe. Maybe. Um, I mean, I <laughs> I don't know how I'd rank them, but yeah, legendary career, 55 years. Is yeah. Like, outstanding. And just... A well-earned retirement for Marv. God, I'm scared of who they replace him with. Like, Ooh. I mean, he, his last few seasons have been rough, but, like, they could replace him with someone a lot worse. Reggie and <sighs> C-Web full-time? Oh, <laughs> no. Never tune into a TNT Never game Never watch again. a TNT game. Because, <laughs> like, on the NBA app, we don't even get inside the NBA. Yeah, we would just <laughs> we would just not watch entire series. <laughs> yeah. More or less. Or watch them on mute, so, yeah. Yeah, speaking of, it's at the NBA. I was just watching the race to the big board. I was watching a compilation of that. Oh, of oh. the board. I love that. I It's such it? a dumb bit, but I love it. <laughs> That's very interesting because, I don't know, I'm not that in love with it. <laughs> and also, isn't it the same thing every time? But it's different people who run every time. 
Is it? <laughs> but it's always Kenny, right? Yeah, it's usually Kenny. But it's oh. it's about who's beating Kenny. Sometimes Shaq yeah, will go. Yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. Shock will go. Sometimes Ernie gets the jump oh, on him. Oh, Ernie. <laughs> sometimes oh. when Draymond's on, he just smokes him. <laughs> that seems unfair. <laughs> um, inside the NBA, commentating crew would be fun. Like yes. full games. Or yeah, okay. I want to hear Shock. Like as he didn't know him, I want to hear Shock for a full with game. Ernie. I need I Ernie, need Ernie definitely. to be the what is it the the play by play guy, right? And then have Chuck be a com- colour commentator or have the other guys be colour commentators. I could not have them be play-by-play guys. <laughs> that is very fair. Because they would not know who is on the court. Or, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> or they just can play the whole time. <laughs> sort of like the boys do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The boys being Mark Jackson um, and Jeff Van Gundy, yep. along with Mike Breed. But yep. Mike Breed is cool. Mark Jackson, Jeff Van Gundy just complained a lot. They complained an awful lot. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, let's get to our conference finals recap, though. Um so, our first series that we're going to be covering was the Suns and Clippers series. Dylan, what was the key to this series? What made um, the Suns win? The Suns just, they capitalized on having, not the Clippers not having Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Um, and they sort of just withstood the flurry of support from the random Clippers guys. Um, and their offense was just really good, I thought. Um, Chris Paul made stuff happen. They kicked out the shooters. Uh, Aiton was big inside. Um I don't know. I just thought this series was tough as soon as Kawhi continued to miss games. Yeah. And they didn't capitalize on Chris Paul being out for the first two. Yeah. Um, that sort of was a bit of a death sentence for the Clippers, I thought. I kind of disagree. Like, I don't think the Suns' offense was that great. I feel like a lot of their guys were missing these shots. Chris Paul, like, they were... Tyler Lue's a great coach. Tyler's an awesome coach. He... he dared Chris Paul to shoot those mid-rangers, and he missed for two straight games. He just could not hit anything, and that's what got them those wins in games 4-5, I think it was? 3-5. Oh, 3-5. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he... No, I just don't think the Suns did that great a job this series. They just took advantage of the fact that there was no Kawhi, and then Paul George just ran out of gas. Like, mm. he had some really good moments in the series. He obviously also had uh, a bit of a choke in uh, game two, two yeah, sure, yeah, with the lob to Aiton, which was... You know, credit to Jake Crowder for throwing oh, that pass in. Awesome pass. Amazing. Amazing, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, they, the Clippers just ran out of gas, really. I mean, you got Reggie Jackson contributions, you got Patrick Beverly contributions, but eventually they just ran out of gas. Yeah. Um, I do think the Suns got really lucky on this series. I think if Kawhi was there, this series was definitely different. I mean, obviously, but... No, I'm it, talking like Clippers in five, kind of different. I'm, I've, I think the Clippers were lucky they didn't get swept this series. As a current, as they currently stand, Kawhi notwithstanding, like if Kawhi, like Kawhi still not being there, they're very lucky they didn't lose Game Three. They just had a bad, they caught a bad Chris Paul and bad Booker game in the same night, and then the Clippers didn't capitalize in Game Two. Paul George misses those two free throws. Yep. Even Game One, they let Book go off. Um, if they lose Game Three, they get swept the series. Yeah, I I don't know, I don't know if you could say they're lucky not to have get. Got it swept because they did win two and they almost won three. They were one, they were two yeah. free throws away from winning three games that series. But they only, hard to say they got lucky well, they on got, that. They got lucky in game three that both the Sun Stars just had bad games. Yeah, they just missed shots that they would have hit, and then if they hit those shots, the series is over in four. Mm, disagree. Still, I think I think the coaching, I think the defense was yeah. more for it. But then again, I am biased against the Suns, as you <laughs> may be able to tell. I really am not a fan of the Suns anymore. Um. Yeah, I mean that's all I have to say, really. Like yeah. the 
the Clippers just didn't have enough. Yeah. But shout out to guys like Reggie Jackson. Yeah. And Marcus Morris had some massive games. Um, Patrick Beverly, until the last five minutes of game six, won me over a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just some, like, and Reggie Jackson after the series ended. Uh, I didn't realize that he'd been going through some mental health stuff before the season started and contemplated retiring, but the Clippers sort of talked him around to coming back to the team. And then to have a performance like that all playoffs is pretty special. Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously, on speaking speaking on Patrick Beverly, he has been suspended for game one of next season and also fined, I think. Probably. Probably. I mean, and for those who didn't catch it, he just pushed Chris, Chris Paul in the back. Chris Paul probably talked to him a little bit, but he... he weak move. Weak move. He yeah. wound up. He really went for it. Yeah. Though Chris Paul did have that thing against Cousins earlier that game, which really made me angry. Or it might have been game five. Where Chris Paul just walked into Cousins, flopped, and the Luffwood Cousins got a tech. Was that that game? That might have been that game, was it? It might have been. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Weak. That's weak. <laughs> yeah. It's not even the first time in his career he's done it. No, of course not. But they didn't have to call it a tech. <laughs> didn't they review it? They Yeah, they reviewed that. Must have been something. They called it a tech on the floor. Floor and they can't overturn the tech on that. I don't Did know. they call it tech on the floor? Why would they? Rev- I don't know. I don't know. Weak move by Chris Paul. <laughs> not as weak as Beverly's. No, okay. Yeah. Definitely not as weak as pushing a guy in the back, but walking into a guy's elbow and then laughing at him as he gets teched. That's a bit of a, that's a, bit of a meme, though. <laughs> I don't know. I'm here for it. Chris Paul's hard to root for for me. I, I'm. Hardcore Rudy for Chris Paul right Okay. <laughs> um, all right, let's get to Bucks and Hawks mm. then. Um, so, for me, I think the key to the series was the Bucks defense was normal. Their Bucks offense was normal. The Hawks defense was normal. The Hawks offense was normal. It just came down to the Bucks being a better team. Yeah. I think that is the simplest way to put it. Um, the Hawks, I, I think the main thing is the Hawks defense isn't great. They weren't able to stop Chris Middleton. When Giannis was there for the ge- first four games, I'm pretty sure, yep. they struggled to stop him. He really just went inside and he just munched them. Yeah, big munch. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, they, they're they not so great defense caught up with them. The the Sixers weren't able to capitalize on it because of Ben Simmons being awful. Um, the Knicks weren't able to capitalize it because of uh, Julius Randle being awful. Yep. But the Bucs actually were able to capitalize on the Bo- Hawks not having great defense by... Chris Milton actually had a fantastic series. Yeah, especially with the games Giannis was out. He was yep. awesome. Uh, even Drew picked it up. Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis also stepped up massively, especially in that game five, I think I it think was. I think it was, yep. uh, Brooke had 33 and Portis had 22 or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, yeah, the the Bucks, yeah, just were the better team. Um, I think injuries derailed the series a bit too much for my liking. I really would have liked to see what the Hawks could have done if Trey stayed healthy. Um, he missed two games, games four and five. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, with a ankle, was it a bone bruise in his ankle? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he just, you know, obviously he just means so much to that team. But also Giannis missing it, missing out. But I think the star power from Giannis down is obviously better for the from the top star down is definitely better for the Bucks. Yeah, so, for sure, for sure. Yeah, that made the difference. Yeah, but I mean, let's let's give credit to the Hawks oh, for absolutely. winning Game Five uh, in that series as well. I believe um, with Kevin Herder, Dinola Gallinari, these yeah. guys stepping up like. I mean, and they were doing it all playoffs. Yeah. These, these guys, Lou Will, had a great game that game as well. What a run by the Hawks. <laughs> what game was that? That was game four? Uh, yeah, was, it was game four. It was the first one Trey was out for, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Giannis goes out halfway through that game, but it didn't even matter because the Hawks were up 
20 or something. Yeah. When you, at the point where Giannis got injured. So, yeah, they came out with no Trey Young and you know, beat the shit out of the Bucks yeah. for a game. And then, yeah, unfortunately couldn't keep it up. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I don't have much else to say on the hawks Buck series. Good series. Yeah. I think it was very fun yeah. to watch. I thought it was a fun series. Yeah, it, I... The Hawks were looking a bit scary there for a bit. <laughs> they looked like they could... They won the first two, right? They, they won game one. They won game run, yeah. Um, but yeah, they looked like they were going to make some noise and possibly head to the finals. And I think... I'm not going to say they would have won if they had Trey, but it might have been a game seven situation, which would have been a lot of fun to see Trey in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he didn't have a great game in game six, yep. but that might have still been a recovery from the injury yeah, kind of thing. I think so. Was the injury when he stepped on the ref? I don't know if we I actually kn- don't know. Yeah. Um, so he he put his foot back and he stepped on a ref's foot and then he went back to the locker room later that get or that game in game three. Three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he did end up coming back out, but then he had a deep bone bruise. Yeah. Um, for games four, five, and then came back in game six. I don't know if it was the ref thing that gave him that bone bruise because he just stepped on the guy's foot. Yeah, unless he just rolled it in some type of way where something happened. I think it must have been that incident but he also came back that game which mm. is interesting so they must have just adrenaline or something for him kept him out there but um yeah i'm not i'm not sure what this i'm pretty sure it was that incident though yeah probably yeah. all right um now let's get to the finals preview not a lot of series to cover it's weird because we've been talking like four series at a time yeah before. <laughs> just got the one now just the the one that matters yeah all right dylan what's the key for the suns to win the finals the suns have to be really good defensively uh, defense wins championships, and I think they need to elevate their defense a little bit more to shut down the Bucks guys. Yeah, uh, especially Giannis. Um, there's no clear sort of one-on-one matchup for the Suns against Giannis. I think no. it's going to be a group effort. And there's going to be a lot of doubles. There might be some zone that we saw, <coughs> similar situation from the Heat, possibly. Yeah. Um, but you know, obviously this Bucks team is a bit different now with Drew Holiday um, and PJ Tucker. But I think the defense is really what it's going to be. I think we're going to see a lot of doubles. Um, I think. My plan for the Suns would be start Jay, uh, Jay Crowder on Giannis. That's what and I would have, do. Yep. And have Mikhail be the help guy. Because mm-hmm. I feel like he would be smarter in in rotation situations where Giannis kicks it out and then the whole the whole defense has to shift. Yep. I think Mikhail would be better at locating where he has to go rather than Jay or something like that. Yeah. Plus, Jay's just a more physical dude. Uh, in one-on-one situations, he probably has a better shot at defending him and not fouling. Um but yeah, this whole Suns defense has to be in a string. Book has to step up in one-on-one situations against Middleton, but mm-hmm. also in team defense when the ball moves around. Um, CP would it would really help if he goes back to all defensive <laughs> status right now uh, against Drew Holiday. Um, yeah, their defense really needs to be on key. And Aiton needs to be big against Giannis on his attacks to the rim and not foul. Yeah. Um, they need Aiton to stay in the game and not get fouled out. Yeah. Yeah. Um- I fully agree on the defense stuff. One thing I'll add to that is offensively, go after Brook Lopez as much as yeah, you possibly definitely. can. That is their only real weak point defensively. Like yep. the Bucks have a lot of great matchups here, and we'll talk about them when we get to the Bucks side of things. But yeah, go after Brook Lopez as much as possible. Let Aiton get physical with Brook Lopez because yeah. the Sun, sorry, the Bucks don't really have anyone else to put on Aiton but Brook. Yeah, they can stick Giannis on him, but Giannis might not be the right guy and, for that. Yeah, and Aiton gets enough touches where. That's putting Giannis in more foul trouble than you probably want to deal with. Yeah. yeah. Or potential for foul trouble, yeah. Yeah, but no, I agree there. Um, yeah. Just, yeah, lock up Giannis. Stay stay in front of him at all costs. Yeah, because, yeah, he's going to be the one that collapses the defense more often than not. But, yeah, that that middle-of-the-floor pick-and-roll against Brook is definitely going to be their bread and butter. It's been it all 
postseason and they need to keep it up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, but from the Bucks side of things, I have a feeling that's not going to work very well. I'm because a bit interested. They've in got Drew like, Holiday. I'm actually n- not too concerned about Chris Paul with Drew Holiday on him. I think Chris Paul will more. Really? Or, I think he'll more or less still be as efficient. Because Chris Paul is just one of the all-time greats. Mm-hmm. He's good. he knows how to get to spots. Like obviously, full credit to Holiday. This is definitely his toughest matchup in the playoffs so far. Yeah, and it's going to be harder for him than it has been any series. But I still think Chris Paul's you know he's still good enough to get to his spots. I'm a bit worried about Booker in this series because there's a lot of bad matchups yeah. for Booker um, from the Bucks. Middleton's scary. Tucker's scary. Drew Holiday's scary. Tucker petrifies me. If I'm the size. really. I think he's so physically massive against Booker that he can bully him, so like stop him from getting to spots. Mm. And I think he's quick enough. Like if he can hang with KD, I'm pretty sure he can hang with Book yeah. a fair amount of the time. The only like if if it's one on one situations, I'm really excited to see how Tucker goes against Book. Um, obviously, I think it starts with Middleton uh, a lot of the games, but I think coming down in clutch situations and stuff like that, I think Tucker could really be a big problem for Book. Yeah. Right, so um, what I was going to say was mm. I I tend to disagree a little bit. I think Drew Holiday will be tough for Chris Paul because yeah. what the Suns' offense is really relying on a lot, a lot of this playoffs was guard penetration. Mm. Um, who was their first-round matchup again? Uh, uh, the Lakers, Lakers right. yep. Injured Lakers being defended by, what, Schroeder? Yeah. <laughs> not going to work. Yeah. The Nuggets being defended by Austin Rivers? Not going to work. Yeah. Um, being defended by... Pat who? Bev. Pat Bev. Pat Bev's a good... Good defender. defender there, but Drew Holiday is a bit bigger. Like I think, yeah. when it comes to guys who are going to run you off the three point line, Drew Holiday might be the best guard in the league at it. Yeah, but I don't think Chris Paul's worried about getting run off the three point line. I think. Sorry, no, not run off. Kept, kept at kept the, the three point line. Kept at yeah, the that might line. be that might be something. Um, yeah, definitely the length, and he's good at getting around screens, which is obviously what the Suns run yeah. a lot of. Um, I still I still have faith in Chris Paul, but like, there's definitely a world where. Drew does some damage um, against their pick and roll penetration for sure. Yeah, I still think. Yeah, so I think they're going to struggle to take advantage of Brook right. Lopez because Drew right. Holiday is going to get in Chris Paul's face a lot. Yep. And yeah, I do agree that uh, Middleton Tucker are scary football. Yeah. Like really scary. Yeah. Um, and especially if Jay Crowder and Mikael Bridges aren't really hitting their shots, they did struggle to find their shot a bit against the Clippers. Yeah. If that keeps up, they're in trouble I yeah think. Mikhail definitely needs to start hitting a few more shots mm. um or at least be more aggressive offensively making more cuts and just being more physical um attacking the rim and stuff like that because yeah for a lot of the time it didn't fit it felt like he wasn't really out there against the Clippers yeah um I was sort of more impressed at least offensively by Cameron Johnson a lot of the time for the Suns um which is another point for the Suns actually their bench is a lot better than the Bucks. I think the Bucks depends how deep you go on the Bucks bench I think I think the Bucks are only too deep, really, that you can rely on game to game. It's Connaughton and Portis. Okay. Yeah, but and and the, you don't give any credit to Forbes. He had he had he's, he had the first series against the Heat, which is really good. But then he's mm. sort of fallen off completely since then. Um, and in the finals, I'm not sure if you can really rely on him yeah. that much. Um, the Suns are at least three deep with um, Johnson, Saric, and. Uh, Craig. Yeah. Um, and then you might get contributions from guys like Nader or something like that. Yeah. At least defensively or just being an energy guy. Um, 
So I'm then, not sure about Tory Craig. I just want to interrupt there. Yeah, he's not going to hit shots. I don't think. Even if he doesn't hit shots defensively, he's, he's a good defender. He can rotate and cover a lot of guys on the Bucks. So um, he'll be he'll he'll have value there at least. Um, but yeah, if if the Suns can get the Bucks in foul trouble a bit and make them play a few more guys than they probably want to, I think the Suns could take advantage there a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, offensively for the Bucks, I think what they really need to focus on is just getting Giannis downhill. Like, yeah. Brooke Lopez isn't a great rebound, which scares me for the Bucks a little bit, um, especially up against Aiton. I feel like Aiton's yeah. going to be a really uh, tough matchup there. But if Brooke Lopez just focuses on rebounding, get Giannis a ball in transition, let him go downhill, mm. and who is staying in front of him? Yeah, no one really. No one. No one's got the length plus the size to guard Giannis on the Suns team. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, Giannis could definitely have a massive series and snag himself a finals MVP yeah. from this series. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, unless you have anything else to add, predictions. Um, I don't have anything to add. My heart says Suns in six or seven, but I think my head says Bucks in six or seven. I think I'll take, I think I'll take the Bucks. It's it's seven. I think I just think Chris Paul, he wants it too much mm. to let it be a short series. I think Book still has potential to go off for a couple games. Yeah. Um, and they're 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 a really disciplined and fun team and Aiton's been good this postseason so yeah I just I don't know I'm, the Bucks defense is so it's good very it's scary. such a good matchup like yeah. different teams I wouldn't necessarily pick the Bucks against but the Suns they have the right guys for it yeah Bucks in six I think six, yeah. definitely not a short series I mm-hmm. cannot see this being a short series yeah again Chris Paul wants it too much and I think the Bucks are due for a collapse in one or two games um but yeah I think Bucks in six yeah I'm excited to see what Middleton does because how have you thought about Middleton this whole postseason? I feel like he's been uh, in the in the net series. I thought he was bad offensively. Mm. Uh, he's just so rushed and wasn't hitting shots efficiently. Uh, he bounced back against the Hawks a little bit, but um, I'm excited to see what sort of series he has because he could be really big for them, like hitting shots and creating and stuff like that. But if he's going to be rushed like he was against the Nets um, and against Chris Paul, maybe trying to do too much, then it could be a bit interesting. Yeah. I'm scared that he tries to do too much. I think if he tries to go for 20-ish a game, yeah. I mean, you might need a little bit more, but I don't think you want to ask him for a whole lot more than yeah. that. I feel like you want to get 20 out of him. You want to get 20 out of Drew Holiday, 30-something out of Giannis, and let the rest of the guys go at it and like just get it done defensively. Yeah. I'm not sure about Middleton this series. He, mm. I mean, he, he obviously proved that he could take advantage of mismatches and things like that in the Hawk series, but... There aren't mismatches so much in this series. No, there are... he can go at book, but he's not going to be able to go at Bridges Crowder. I mean, if he gets a mismatch on Chris Paul, that's good. But... Yeah. Um. Yeah, even book. I'm. I think book's been competing more and more defensively every series. Yeah. As this playoffs are going on, so hopefully he takes even another step and just is really. All he has to do is try hard on defense because he doesn't really have the long arms of like a elite defender, but he's got good size and if he tries hard he can be really a pest sort right. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Uh one last thing I want to ask. What does a finals MVP do for either Giannis or Chris Paul? Whichever one ends up winning it. It does wonders for Chris Paul. Yeah. Like it it almost solidifies his career as one of the greats. He won't be in that list of best to never win a ring anymore. Yeah. Um he'll just be one of the best to ever do it. Mm. Um for Giannis in terms of the long term, like it's good to get one now. I don't yeah. think he's relying on this. Like I think there's still a f- fairly good chance the Bucks make it back to the finals yeah. in the next couple of years. Um, but you know, this could be the start of something for Giannis if mm. he gets one now. Yeah, 
I think it, I mean, for, for Chris Ball, I think it obviously launches him up a few ranks. I mean, I, I don't have a ranking in my yeah, head, yeah. but it, it puts him up there. Yep. Um, he's already probably the second greatest point guard of all time, mm. um, but it very much solidifies him. Get out of here, Jerry West. Get out of here, John Stockton, whoever yeah. else you want to throw in there. Steve Nash, get out of here. Isaiah Thomas. Maybe. Isaiah Thomas, yeah. yeah. Get out of here, all those guys. Um, but Giannis, this might honestly put him like top 20 all time already. Already? No, it's too early. Top, top 30 for sure. Top 30, maybe. Um, like two MVPs, Defensive Player of the Year, multiple NBAs, multiple Defensive Player of the Years, a ring, and a Finals MVP in his eighth season. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say all of that right now, just, you know, just having one ring, but it could be the start of something special where it absolutely catapults him into yeah. there. Yeah, for sure. But um, I don't know. I'm, I'm rooting for the Suns pretty much just so Chris Paul's Memory is solidified. That's fair. Yeah. All right. Um. So I will be cheering on the box. I uh, Chris Paul's yeah. hard to root for for me. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I, just, I understand where you're coming from entirely. I'll have a lot of respect for him if he wins the ring. Can't yeah. say I'll love... I can't... No, I won't dislike it. I'll be neutral towards it. Right. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> Anything else you want to add? Uh, I think that's it, yeah. Well, if you have enjoyed this episode, please leave us a like on YouTube. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave us a five-star radio review. Follow us on Instagram at stat underscore stuffers. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at stat stuffers. I'm doing this out of order because I don't remember it. <laughs> um, you can email us at statstuffers5 at gmail.com. Uh, other than that, thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you after game one. Peace.